You know, many times when we talk like this, people say that we are exaggerating things. Things are not as bad as it looks. The church is in its best time. Everything is okay. We are advancing. We are building bigger auditoriums in Nigeria. Everything is working. If you cannot see the gaps that exist, it's most likely that you are not proximus. You are not close enough to the heart of God to actually know the things that burden him. It's one thing to be involved in religious activity. It's another thing to be involved in the very things that are upon the heart of God. So when we are speaking about people who will bridge the gap, we are talking about people who are proximus enough to God to know the things that are priority on the heart of God for a generation. I am just praying that God will give me all trance to be able to bring the burden in my heart. Just stay with me. Please, just stay. Because while I prayed, I kept hearing cries coming from the realm of God. And the, the burden on the heart of God is that they no longer weep. I want to find out if I can, I, can, I can turn that into a message. The things I kept hearing from the realm of glory is that they no longer weep. They no longer weep. We sing songs. We do praise and worship. We dance. But the altar is, is missing a serious ingredient. And that ingredient is called tears. Your tears are only as strong as your depth with God. If you've not known depth, you will not know what it means to cry the tears, the tears of God. You know, many times I listen to preachers in our generation talk about the songs that our father sang and how it's not doctrinally correct. I don't argue with them. But you see, the thing about the generation that handed over this faith to us is that when they had the experiences with God, they put their experiences into songs. Those songs, when they sang those songs, those song, songs meant more to them than life itself. So songs like, I am married to Jesus, Satan, leave me alone. Some of them sang it with tears falling from their eyes. It meant more to them than life itself. But now we sing songs like, like our brother Theophilus Sunday was singing this, 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 uh, this morning. And while he sang that song, I was asking myself, that many of us that are chanting that song, do we know the weight of the song what is there to live for i am not afraid to die if the name of jesus is in the you you are not you you are not afraid to die you no what is there to live for if the name of jesus is in the mouth if the name of my savior is in the mouth does that song actually mean what it means to you that is seated here we don't even see the gap. That is the worrying thing in my heart this afternoon. We don't see the gap. In fact, the average believer thinks that this is the season where we should just coast to victory. Everything is okay. We are just enjoying church. We are singing. We are having fun. We are enjoying church. But by the time you get to Haggai chapter 2 from verse 3, the, the Lord came and he began to ask. He said, who among you saw this house in his former glory? Who amongst you? Who amongst you? You know, many of us, this generation are people who don't read. We don't know what price men paid to be able to give us tongues. We don't know the price men paid for the gospel to be what it is today. So we take many things for granted. We think Christianity is just to wear a good suit, come to church on Sunday and say hallelujah. They had to ask, who saw this house? 
in his former glory. By the time you get to Ezra chapter 3 and you get to verse 11 and 12, the Bible says that they laid the foundation of the Lord's house. And after they had laid the foundation of the Lord's house, people began to shout in praise. People were jumping and screaming everywhere. But the ancients, the elders, they stood afar off. And the Bible says, why men were rejoicing in praise and worship? They wept. They were weeping. They could not believe that what a generation was celebrating was a caricature to the original. They could not believe that what we were calling a breakthrough was nothing compared to what it was at the beginning. I weep every time we mention Archbishop Benson Idaosa. You know why he still looks like a great man to us, even though he's a great man? It's because today we don't have men. In the day that we begin to raise men, we will no longer be pointing backwards. We will start pointing forwards. But because we've done nothing great today, everything that happened yesterday still looks great in our eyes. Who saw this house in its former glory? 